What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Sawyer Saloon. Today's guest here with me today is Mr. Jalen Glenn. Jalen, how are you doing today? We are doing swell today. Now, me and Jalen are here to talk about the brand new game, The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, had kind of a mixed mixed reviews and reception from people, so moving into it, we want to get our take on it, and uh, we know that the listeners want to hear it, so. Let's go ahead and get started. So we're gonna head. We're gonna hit it in three different parts. We're gonna hit the story. We're gonna hit the gameplay, and then we're gonna have a just our overall experience and likes dislikes about the game. So Jalen, if you want to go first, what did, talk talk to us a little bit about the story and how you felt about it. Uh, so really, the story gets a lot of hate um, for a few different reasons. Uh, you know, spoiler alert: uh, our favorite character, our beloved Joel, does die. And a lot of people immediately didn't like the game because of that. However, it does have some redeeming qualities to it. It's not just all, you know, hey, we just lost our beloved Joel and you played 20 hours as Abby uh, to, to find out why you should almost like her enough to justify her killing Joel. But, I mean, overall, I think Ellie taking a backseat in this game, I wasn't a fan of that. Um... I, I did see uh, Abby as a better character than most people did. Uh, I honestly think Abby had the best character arc of anybody in the entire game. Uh, I feel like she doesn't get a fair judgment on that because none of us like her. But uh, from start to finish, uh, I, I think it was a really good playable game, but I think the storytelling itself wasn't up to par. Uh, I mean, I have I have a couple ideas <laughs> of uh, what I could have changed. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting your take on it. Uh, I, I thought to myself as a concept, like, what if you start out the game around the time that Ellie finds out about what Joel did, uh, where we get that nice little flashback, and uh, we still get to have Joel and Tommy's conversation at the beginning where, you know, he says, nobody else can know about this, you know, you're the only person that knows about what I did to the Fireflies. Uh... But then you get introduced to Abby and take over her story instead of jumping right into that opening sequence where you meet Jesse and Dina and everybody else uh, the night after the party. But uh, what if you kind of start out with Abby and take over her storyline first? And that way you're able to kind of like, uh, I don't know, you, you, you're able to actually like her. Uh, there's a chance of you liking her more if you get to build up this character as opposed to you know, oh, this is just the chick that killed Joel the entire time you're playing as her, and you just feel no sympathy whatsoever. And let's see. Uh, I mean, at least at least if we build it up that way with Abby's story coming up to where she meets Joel and then where we are uh, in Jackson and then where they finally cross paths, at least if we were to build it up that way, it would seem like there's more intensity in that scene because now you know how she feels about Joel out the gate so you you would see it coming a little bit more but at the same time it would actually justify Joel getting killed and you'd be able to like sympathize a little bit with Abby mm -hmm. but at the same time it's not just like oh hey Dean and Ellie are out smoking marijuana and then five seconds later she watches Joel get beat to death by a club and there's just this dry empty feeling yeah. of like I just watched I just watched the guy I loved in the first game. Like, honestly, Joel's one of the most iconic characters mm -hmm. in PlayStation history. And you just watch him get beat to death out of nowhere. And it's, 
it's not even like heroic. There's no like he did it to save Ellie. There's no. There's they no never build. say that. Yeah. They never. No, they never. They never talk about that. Make that connection as like, hey, there's a reason why he saved me, and hey, there's a reason why I'm coming after him. And that I was waiting for that to happen. And it never happened. Yeah. It, it's. It really is just an empty feeling. Like honestly, that's that's the best way for me to describe it to myself. Is just I felt empty. Like you see all these streamers react to the. Joel killing, and they're just in there, just in shock. Which is, of course, what you know, Naughty Dog wanted. They wanted people to feel completely shocked that they killed off a main character. Right. But we all kind of knew it was coming. The trailer is Ellie, and she clearly looks like she's pissed off about something. And Joel's getting up there in age. We kind of figured he'd probably die at some point, but you figured there would be a death, like a worthy death. You felt like there'd be a funeral or some mm-hmm. sort of mourning period, but instead, it's just, hey, these are our characters. Oh, hey, by the way, Joel's dead oh, hey, by the way, we're leaving in the morning for Seattle. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you're killing a thousand people <laughs> Yeah. over the next 15 hours before they're like, oh, hey, by the way, this Abby chick that you hate so much, now you have to feel badly for her. But, I mean, there's there's so many things to hit about the storytelling. That's like the biggest, that's the biggest part about this game that gets absolutely crapped on. Yeah. So I really liked... So let's 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 take this. I do like what you said about how she had a better character arc, and I definitely think she did, Abby. And then, but it was like they built her up. She had that character arc, and then as soon as she sees Ellie, like they just throw that out the window, and she just goes ape shit and almost kills a pregnant girl. And but I mean, I get it because like, you know, I mean Ellie did the same thing, you know, without knowing. Yeah. And I think that one of the craziest things is is that if they would have had that like connection then they would have I honestly I think they could be best friends because they both understand each other the, the best because they both lost their father or their father figure yeah. and they both just feel so much hate and and towards you know whatever happened to them and I feel but they, they never made that connection I was really waiting for that to happen especially when they're at the boats at the end and that never came to fruition and then with with Joel <clears throat> obviously devastating to lose him so early on and there was something I can't remember what you had said something about it but I don't know I'm sure I'll come back to it so my my huge problem with the story I liked the story I just felt that the pacing was very slow because you literally had to travel everywhere I liked that you got to play as Abby and you got to see her background I thought that was cool yeah and that was something I kind of wish did you ever play Uncharted? Mm. The fourth one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the fourth one, like, whenever you fight Rafe, I, I thought that was, like, one of the coolest fights. And then I thought how the whole time Rafe is, like, Rafe had all this money, he had all this power, but Nate had accomplished everything he had ever wanted to accomplish. You know, he found all the treasures. He found everything. That's one of the things that he mentions. And I felt that, like, actually hit hard because it was so personal. And I felt that they could have had... It was the same with this game, except they got you got to see the backstory more of the of Abby, the villain, and you got to play as her. But I do for a while I forgot Ellie was even part of the game. I was like I was kept playing and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is gonna keep going. And then I remember I stopped playing it for a while and then the last time I played it was whenever I started in the hospital as Abby. So I got to the hospital and I played for six hours and I finished it. But those last six hours were phenomenal. It was actual like good gameplay. It wasn't slow. You didn't have to sit there and travel everywhere because it was like you would travel, and it it had been different if things like the gameplay would have been different, but it was the same every single time. Yeah. And so that's what that's what I thought. The first one did very well was that it, it handled that pacing, 
with the good story as well as the like when the fights happen but also the action sequences like if you take like right before they get to the Salt Lake City when they get to uh, the hospital and they're you know they're like the they're in the train station or they're underground in the train rails whatever and like stuff's like falling and he's like Ellie where are you like all kind of stuff like that was they didn't have enough of those moments that was like you actually feel like you're in danger yeah. like besides just like fighting people and like cause I mean I did I could just like sit at the front of every room and just let them come to me and I just pick them off one by one and I was like damn you know this is I, I, I don't know I was very disappointed in that because I normally do very well in that I played all the Uncharted games I played The Last of Us I played The Last of Us three times so far and I will probably play it very many more in my life but The Last of Us Part 2 that would be the only time I ever play it so because of how long it took but like so I thought okay so the last six hours were fantastic like I said uh, I like playing Abby's side and seeing her side of it I thought it was too long of course but it was cool to also see like all the all the rest of the characters and kind of get to know them uh, like the people that were there that helped kill Joel uh, and I thought that it was very interesting the whole it was the WFT right WLF WLF yeah it was like Washington Liberation Front Front yeah so them versus the Scars and you saw the whole thing. It was it really mirrored Abby and Ellie's story, because like the Scars leader had been killed, and so but then Isaac, who's the leader of the WLF, was like leading this vengeance, hate-filled rage, you know, slaughtering all these people, burning the village. I thought that whole village scene. I thought the whole Scar Island thing was pretty cool. Yeah. And. But I mean, you know, he's he's killing you know all these people, and Abby's like, well, why are you doing this? I was like, well, why are you doing this? Why did you have to do this in the first place? Like, it's the same, it's the same thing. But it was kind of hypocritical of her, and she couldn't see that because she was just so blinded by her own rage and stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's, I, I thought it was very interesting too at the end. Whenever Abby bites off those two specific fingers on Ellie's hand, and that meant that she couldn't play guitar anymore, and that was like the one thing that she had with Joel. Even after she found out, like they still connected on the guitar part. And then I thought that was, I mean, it was it was painful to watch her try and play it at the end, and she couldn't anymore. But then also around that same time is whenever she kept having like every time she would think of Joel, she would think about him just beaten, bloody, and laying down. But in that last moment when she almost has Abby killed, and she sees something else, she sees. Yeah, that image of Joel smiling playing the guitar and I think that that's really cool that that was the image I mean obviously they chose it on purpose but I think it was cool that they did that because that was they never because that okay so let's get so that part showed that like Ab, that Ellie was forgiving Joel for what he'd done she said you know I don't know if I can ever forgive you but I want to try and I was like damn she got robbed of that because literally the next day Joel gets killed but I think and I think this is what I was trying to say a while ago because I'm pretty sure you touched on this like the whole time every flashback every interaction she had with Joel it was I hate you why are you doing this you know I, I know what you did like like leave me alone but this whole time she's like trying like they kept like after, after a while I was like okay like I get it like she still loved him whatever but then after every single cut they just kept throwing him in there of how much she just hated him and I was like this doesn't make any sense but then they finally throw that in at the very end at second to last scene before Ellie walks off and I was like okay I get this so I uh, did like that uh, let's see uh, yeah I had Abby's story was redemptive but she still goes far and blinded by rage uh, 
that kind of goes into like the I guess you'd call it like the cycle of death that they kind of had going here because mm-hmm. like the first game we have Joel who has done bad things in his past and wants nothing to do with Ellie and right. then Tess dies and he's like well now I have to take care of this kid damn mm-hmm. but then by the end of it like that's basically his daughter like we all get that like adoptive family feel Absolutely. and going to this game that's all you're thinking about is you know he did this specifically to save his quote unquote daughter and killed everybody in his path to do so right and we get to this game and then Joel's killed so now she's now jumping in the cycle where it's like well you killed my adoptive dad so now mm-hmm. I have to go kill everybody in my path and then go kill the person specifically that did it and granted, you know, we get into this whole thing that we could talk an hour about about how stupid it was that she gets she gets to Abby and then has her killed and then just doesn't do it because of the mental PTSD image that she gets of Joel playing the guitar. But what she actually did that, like I said, it had some redeeming qualities in the game and storytelling. Right. Is that she broke that cycle because if I didn't think about that. If we're if we're looking at like a possible Last of Us three, I don't think people would want to play a game as Abby and uh, Lev. But yeah, still. I would definitely not want. <laughs> I don't think people want that. But yeah. let's say in this scenario that would be the next Last of Us. You would have then Lev who goes out on this boat by himself and has to live his life now without his like adoptive mother figure now and then has to get a revenge on Ellie, the person who killed his mom. Well, Abby or, didn't die though. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, if, yeah, I got like you. if 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 she would have killed Abby, then it would just the cycle continues, and you know the next game. Oh, now we have to be Liv, and Liv has to go out and kill Ellie, and you're like, all right, I already played it as Abby and didn't want to kill Ellie. Now yeah, I have to exactly. control Liv and have to kill Ellie. Like it, it, it would just continue this thing. So that I give them credit for, I guess you could say the concept and the thinking behind that, mm-hmm. which their whole storyline honestly had good ideas behind it yeah. and the acting was phenomenal Absolutely, I can't knock the acting at all um, what's his face like Troy Baker mm-hmm. and he um, always kills it man and then the the girl who played Ellie both came back for their roles killed it Dina, Jesse, Tommy they're all amazing but it's just the execution of it is just like so poor and like you said pacing like yeah. pacing was so bad <laughs> cause in between playing you know, like 15 hours as Abby and like five hours as Ellie, already you don't like that. But the pacing of even like Abby's backstory, that's why I said I would have loved to see that at the beginning. So there's more of a, I like this character because they try to make you like her, not just because she, you know, helps out Liv and Yara. But anytime someone makes, wants to make a character likable, they try to point out stuff that's relatable to us. So like that's why one of the first things we see with Abby is she's compassionate. She you know she's afraid of heights. You know everybody's afraid of heights basically. Yeah. So it's like oh well you know she's just a normal person. You know she's a frail little fragile you know preppy girl and then her dad dies and she goes out and becomes you know she man and you know looks like the Hulk and ends up uh, ends up being like the WLF's like number one soldier or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, I see, like, that's, that's part of that character development of her is just, like, I see it. Like, her dad died. She has her her clear focus plot of what she wants to do. She goes out. She becomes Isaac's number one man. And then towards the end, it's like, 
nothing about you as a character has shown me that you would go out of your way to help these seraphites. Yeah. Like, nothing about your character has said, like, oh, you know, she's got a good heart. It's like, you know, like, you know, she helps save the zebra. Great. She's compassionate. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. But you have killed apparently thousands and thousands of these seraphites already, and all of a sudden you're just like, hmm, I feel really badly for these because they saved me. Got it. Cool. Cool. Saved your life. You help them out. You know, get them bandaged up. Send them on their way. The whole idea behind oh, we're going to get on top of this bridge, you know, at the top of a skyscraper, yeah. travel all the way across Seattle, and then come all the way back and just, you know, trust that Mel and um, Owen aren't going to kill Yara while she's sitting there on the operating table, and then that you by yourself isn't going to get ambushed by Lev. Like, you're you're this super soldier now. You're not going to sit here and, like, not think things out. Yeah. And also, that, that goes back to Joel, too, that pissed me off about the Joel scene is Joel and Tommy are also like super soldiers and they think everything through. They don't go into a building unless they think they can get out of there. They know all their escape routes, everything, but they go in here and they're just all friendly with these new people they just met. They just met these people and they're so trusting and they're like, oh, my name's Tommy. Oh yeah, I'm Joel. And then the room just gets quiet and you're just like, oh man, they're, they're about to get beat up, aren't they? And then what happens next, I didn't see coming in the slightest, but you know, that that's all part of it. But yeah, I mean, Abby, a- a- Abby's character arc, I really liked for the most part. It's mm-hmm. just there's some questions in it, just like I don't know why she did that with the Seraphites, and then at the end, I don't know why Ellie let her go. You know, you have a perfect family at home. You Literally, you have the happy ending. Like, you feel kind of empty because you don't have the killing of Abby that you obviously mm-hmm. wanted the whole game, the whole John Wilk John Wick thing where you just you know you're focused on killing somebody yeah on a revenge tour so you don't get that but it's redeemed by the fact that you now have Jesse's kid mm-hmm. Dina exactly. you know you're taking care of sheep you're on the farm you're living out in like this nice little house out in the middle of nowhere like it's just you living life right being happy she's not taking away anything anymore she's and, producing and like PTSD is a real thing like it's not just like a video game made it like it's a real thing I get people who struggle with that but to go from being in that situation to, you know what, I should really leave this perfect family and go out across, once again, across the country, because they're back in Jackson, not in Jackson, but in Jackson area, right. and they're going to go all the way down to Santa Barbara, California, on a hunch? Like, ah... I don't know about that one. You kind of deserve to get, you know, shot and almost killed at the end of the game anyway, because... Yeah. You, you lost your family for that, and, like, that's the price you had to pay, and you lost your fingers. So, I mean, you can't play guitar. And like you said, it's a one-thing connector to Joel now. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's tough. I think that, because it's almost like the, the soldier... Have you ever seen The Hurt Locker? Yes. With Jeremy Renner? So, I feel like it, maybe it's kind of like that concept. Like, she just she can't let it go, because it's a part of who she is. Like, that's all she knows. Which is very sad that that's all she knows <laughs> is, like, revenge and stuff. And... I don't know, maybe that's not the best way to put it. Because that would mean, like, then that she just wouldn't be able to stop fighting because that's all she knows. And no, I feel that. But that's, not, but that's not it. It's the revenge part of it. It's not the, like, the lifestyle of fighting or whatever. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think it's, it's cool that you brought up Abby's, like, like, why would Abby do that? And 
and I think part of that comes from the fact that the one guy that she really does love that she lost in the same way that Abby lost Dina and them because of her vengeance she lost Owen because I mean you saw the scene where you know they're at the aquarium and like they were still together at that point and she's like well we need to go back to training like she just wanted to get better and better and better so I wish she could go on this revenge fantasy that she had to kill Joel and she lost Owen because of it and but she saw how uh, what was the other the Owen's the one who's pregnant oh Mel Mel yeah she saw how like Mel was and she saw that Mel was very like sweet innocent like you know innocence you know sweet innocent like she hated what happened in Jackson and she I, I feel that she wanted to in a sense try and show more compassion and stuff not necessarily for herself but to impress Owen because she obviously still has feelings for Owen and I think that that's where that comes from and that she wants to kind of show to him like hey I'm, I'm, I still can't be this person you once thought I was then Mel turns around and is like no you're a piece of shit <laughs> so and then Abby turned on Owen whenever uh, whenever Lev took the boat out to the Seraphite Island yeah. and he's like no no we're coming with you and she just turns around so quick and just checks him real quick and she was yeah. just like she's like get your priorities straight and walks off and I was like you know, I actually kind of like that. I was like, I really like that you just did that. Like, thank God you didn't just drag Owen into this, because that would have been even more unbelievable. Being like, all right, first, yeah. first, you know, you fall into this whole, I'm going to help out the Seraphites. Then we hear from Isaac, oh, one of my other top soldiers was helping a Seraphite. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you'd be dragging Mel, who's pregnant, into it as well. I mean, not that we care about Mel, if we're being honest, but, you know, she does have, she, she's with child. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to send her to the island. Right. But that whole island sequence also, like you said, it was really cool visually and gameplay-wise. The idea behind the WLF going out there at the same time, I didn't like that because, once again, Abby is Isaac's number one soldier. Mm -hmm. He's not going to go into battle without his number one soldier. And I get she was on the run, she had gone rogue or whatever, but he's going to hunt her down first. He's going to go yeah. get Owen and Abby, whether he has to kill them or bring them back in handcuffs. He's going to make sure they're taken care of, not, you know, plot's going to conveniently plot and have both of them end up on the island at the same time. Yeah. Well, I feel like he was too blinded by his want to kill them because they had talked about going. She's like, well, we need to go find Owen. He was like, nah, forget Owen. <laughs> like, we've got this going on. He's like, and we're leaving in two days. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> So I would, but I mean, again, I was like, why wouldn't you want to go find Owen? If these are like your top people, why wouldn't you want them there with you? So, yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah. But I think it's just another person who's just blind. There's some people who are just blinded by vengeance and hate and, and stuff. So, very powerful. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least you see Ellie feel, you see Ellie and Abby both feel badly about pregnant women, which was kind of a weird motif I didn't see coming at all. It was like, uh, Ellie whenever she kills Owen and then consequently kills Mel mm-hmm. and then she like opens up Mel's jacket to like see if she can grab some details or something Yeah, and she knows she's pregnant that's when she starts like throwing up or whatever and yeah. it's like uh, we see that recurring theme later on whenever Abby's just like I thought Dina was dead 100% yeah. like she just like bashed her head on the ground I was like oh man well Dina's dead I like Dina I'm like what the hell Yeah, and bashes her head like three times on the ground and then looks up and Lev doesn't even say a word, just looks at Lev, and Lev's just kind of like, hey, that's a pregnant lady. 
<laughs> we don't need to kill a pregnant lady. Exactly. Yeah. And and Ellie's like on the ground, like about to die herself, and she's just like, she has a baby. And then Abby's like, oh, she has a baby. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let's put you down, tuck you in. Okay, yeah. I'll see y'all later. Don't let me ever see you again. And then just leaves. And I was like, you know, I get that she wouldn't kill Dean in that situation, but she's probably still gonna kill Ellie. Yeah, like she's not exactly. gonna leave. Ellie. Ellie's not pregnant. Like, right, she's it's, gonna kill Ellie. Ellie's a real reason why she's there to begin with. Ellie just killed your boyfriend and your boyfriend's mistress and your whole crew. Yeah. You're gonna kill Ellie. Yeah. Also, you didn't kill Ellie the first time, and she came back, and that was your whole thing. Whenever she held her at, uh, after she had just killed Jesse, she had her at gunpoint. Oh, damn, and I hated that. I always liked Jesse, man. He was oh, dude, I have. Dude. I literally have a section about just the deaths in this game about how much they pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever she's holding uh, Ellie at gunpoint. And right before we flash back to Abby, the first time, uh, whenever she says, uh, we let y'all go and gave y'all another chance and y'all wasted it or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, she wasted it the first time. She came back. You didn't kill her. So technically, you just wasted it again. Like, why did you not? Yeah. Like, people get mad about Ellie not killing Abby. I love Ellie, obviously, but... Abby should have killed Ellie right there. Yeah, she had the opportune moment. Like, like. Dina, Dina's going to be a single mom. It's it's just figured out. Like, it's going to happen. Sorry. So, let Dina go on her way, and then we'll move on from there. Mm-hmm. But just to, like, walk out and be like, hey, don't ever let me see you again. It's yeah. like, all right, well, whew, dodge that bullet. Just yeah. got my ass kicked and watched my girlfriend get beat to death. Tommy is apparently dead because we see him get shot in the head. Thank God he was still alive. <laughs> We see him get shot in the head. We see Jesse get shot in the head. Uh, and you're just like, all right, well, literally all of our characters are dead. All of yeah. our characters are dead. Dean is a single mother. It's there. Yeah. And then, you know, another ten flashbacks later. I did. I liked how Dina was there because, and how she was more of like a balancing, like total opposite of the way Ellie was. Like, I don't know, there was that one part on day one in Seattle where you could explore and go around. I don't know how much exploring you did. I went to, like, every single every single place. I got, like, a trophy for it. Every I, trading I, card. I, yeah. No, I, I didn't do that. If, God, if I'd have done that, I'd still be playing the game three weeks later. Uh, but one of the places that you go into is a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a temple, uh, a Jewish temple. And so... But I think it was because Dino's Jewish, and so she was talking about it, and it was like, Ellie's basically like, you know, there's no hope, there's no nothing, you know, and all there is is like killing this person, and Dina's like, I pray sometimes, you know, and it's like, like just like a glimpse of hope. She's like, you know, never, you never know what can happen. Just like a little bit of optimism in this game is all we needed, and she gave it to us thankfully. But it was just because, and I liked how there was that that dichotomy and how she. She was able to bring a little bit more light into it, you know? So, I thought, I, I did like that about it. You got anything else about the story? Uh, the part about the deaths? Yeah, yeah let's hear it. How, uh, for me personally, and I know I'm definitely not the only one on Joel's death, but for me, every single death in this game wasn't pointless, but was either rushed or empty. Or it just didn't make sense to the plot. Like, okay. Joel's... Joel's obviously we all know how that was just thrown in there hey this is shock factor just a big slap in the face deal with it and you move on but Jesse's for instance it's that that was pure like that to me was if you're gonna 
do the stupid killing of Joel the way y'all did, do it like y'all did with Jesse. Because Jesse's was shock factor, mm-hmm. but it was shock factor in a sense of, like, I'm actually, like, there's built-up suspense and I'm actually scared. Because, you know, everything's happy, we got the family, you know, we right. didn't kill Abby, but you know what, we're going to go home as a big happy family. Then you hear tussling and bustling outside, and it's like, oh, crap, we got to go in. So you think they're about to just run in there, guns wielded, and just, like, have a standoff. Nope, you open the door, bang. Main character's dead, and you're just like, all right, well, I like Jesse. There goes Jesse. Yeah. Missed, missed my chance with him, but, uh, like, Chris Smoove, who I was watching play it, uh, the second, no remorse at all from Chris Smoove, just the second he walks to the door and you hear, bang, and he falls, he goes, oh, no, Dina's a single mother. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. But it was like, that was pure suspense, slight buildup, and then, bang, he's dead, and you just have to deal with it. Because yeah. now you're not focused on the fact that it was Abby. You don't even care who it was. You're just right. like, you look across and you see Abby holding a gun. You see Tommy on the ground. You don't know about Lev yet. And you just see Ellie just sitting there in pure fear and shock, which, once again, goes back to characters having like a relatable human element to mm-hmm. them, where it's like, you're seeing Ellie who has run through the entire WLF and last game, run through all these zombies, who you think is just total badass. Right. And now you're like, oh crap, Like she's scared. Like I'm scared now yeah. because she's scared. And that's that's why, obviously I didn't like Jesse dying, but I liked Jesse's death in that sense. Gotcha. But Tommy, you think is dead, which that also triggered me because it also wasn't a fulfilling death. Yeah, it was, it was like, oh my goodness. She literally just turns turns her gun last thing and just goes bang. Like, yeah. simple as that. Like, Ellie reaches for, like, the gun or whatever she reached for and just turns bang, just shoots him on the ground. You're like, dude, you just killed Jesse. Like, at least let Tommy fight back. Like, right. you literally just bang, shot him right in the head. And I'm just like, all right, well, he's dead. Did you ever watch The Walking Dead? Yes. Like, the first seven seasons I think okay so did you see when Negan was first introduced yes that's that's how I felt that moment was because it was like you know the big like oh like who did he kill at the end of season six and then you find out who he killed and then he turns around and kills somebody else and he was like why what was the point in that you just killed off two people like we were all expecting one we knew it was gonna happen you killed two people and like one of them you didn't have to kill off like it was just, it was so unnecessary you know yeah in, in Negan's case, mm-hmm. I feel like that one, I loved, once again, hated seeing, you know, another great Asian actor <laughs> go down, mm-hmm. but I hated seeing Glenn go down, and uh, who was the other one? Uh, Abraham. Abraham. I couldn't think of his name. Uh, and seeing them go down sucked, but at the same time, I just remember sitting there thinking like, okay, this dude's a badass. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, this dude's about to be lit in season seven. Like, yeah. season seven's going to be so good. And everybody's like, I'm not watching anymore because Glenn died, you know, yeah. whatever. I get that. Favorite character, I'm sure, tough. You move on. Mm-hmm. But as far as character and, you know, screenwriting goes, that's genius. Like, you, you just killed out everybody's favorite character and then turned around and just for no reason at all just killed somebody else's favorite character. And it's just yeah. like, all right, that dude's a badass. But in Abby's case, it's just like, what are you, what are you doing? You already shot Tommy in the gut exactly. like three times. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You had no reason to shoot him in the head. He's already, he's already gonna bleed out on the ground. And then Jesse was just like, "All right, let me just pop him real quick. He's gone." Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh my god." Yeah. But all the little side characters, um, with all Abby's little friends and her crew or whatever, mm-hmm. 
um, Owen and Mel, um, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, deserve their death, but their death was at least, like, warranted. Like, they had, like, some sort of fight back, there was a little tussle, yeah. they got killed. Um, Nora, Nora's, I thought was a cool, I thought it was a cool death. Um, but she wasn't killed by Ellie, though, she was killed by yeah, the Spars, right? Yeah, by the, uh, by the Spores. Because it was in the uh, oh yeah, yeah. the girl she in the was, hospital. I was yeah, thinking of the girl in the radio tower. Yeah, because they the were pictures. in the um, they were in the hospital, and I thought that was cool just because like once again I'm starting to like build up a little bit of hope because I'm like, dude, Ellie's back. Right. Like, dude, Ellie's standing over this body, just going, "Hey, listen here, like yeah, I, can I can breathe, breathe I can breathe spores. Yeah. I'm that girl." Like shows her her yeah, spores, yeah, like, yeah. and I was like, Ellie, let's go. Like, yeah. yes, that's my girl. And the way like she like beats the piss out of her too, I was like, that's the Ellie I like. Mm-hmm. Like that's the badass Ellie taking over Joel's role of like torturing people, getting information and stuff. And so like those three deaths, I was like, all right, cool, like it. Uh, the other guy who was just kind of like faceless and nameless, um, that she like stabs in the throat whenever like Dina falls to the ceiling. Like she like falls to the ceiling trying to save. Oh yeah. Ellie. yeah. And then, like, they get into a little tussle, and she, like, comes up behind him and, like, stabs him in the throat. But yeah. it was just kind of like, she killed every single other WLF guy like that. So it was just kind of like faceless. Yeah, except for Manny. Manny was the only one that was killed Manny, by somebody else. And it Manny was, was on a list that I thought was so dumb. I didn't even like Manny. Like, yeah. I didn't think Manny was, like, this cool character. I didn't think he, like, added much to the story. It was just, like, that sniper battle was badass. Yeah. I, we was. knew it was Tommy up there, but it didn't matter. It was just a faceless person out in the distance sniping. And it felt like every, like, video game I played as a kid, like, just bobbing, weaving, uh-huh. stealth involved in I was like, dude, this is awesome. And he's attracting the zombies with it. That was a cool-ass scene. I, I like, like that I was part. like, dude, this is actually really sick. Mm-hmm. And then once again, here we go again, just, like, trying to throw in shock factor. Like, I don't know if that's, like, what they sat there in the screenwriting room and thought, hmm, let's just try to throw shock factor in every single scene yeah. and see if people are still shocked. And it's like, you don't care about Manny, but... To see him just like sitting there with Abby, not taking cover, and just bam, straight through the forehead. And you're like, yeah. It's like I almost felt badly for Manny, even though I know Manny's on the quote unquote bad side, right. and I know Tommy is the person he's going after, so I'm like, don't kill Tommy. But I was just like, oh, that's so pointless. Mm-hmm. And you, you and I have spoken about this one. Um, or actually, Yara. I didn't really think Yara's death was really all that warranted I figured she'd probably die off from her infected that, arm but that was Lev's sister right yeah but she just kind of goes out but she goes out in killing Isaac which I thought was the stupidest thing yeah once again I don't like Isaac didn't think he brought much to the story because they didn't really give him anything to build up it's just hey I'm the leader you do what I say in two days we're moving out don't leave and next thing you see he's on the Seraphite Island two days later ready to fight and Yara's on the ground, and then she makes the move to the gun and just shoots Isaac. And I'm like, so if Abby is your number one soldier, and we see how badass she is, Mm -hmm. you see how badass Owen is, and even, like, pregnant Mel, like, even pregnant Mel is a badass, Nora's a badass. You're like, this whole crew is just all savages, and Batshaw's leader, he needs to be some sort of savage. And, And obviously, you see the way they build up um, the characters around him whenever you're walking around the WLF post about how everybody's like fearful of Isaac and they're like yeah. you know like we, we're not gonna mess with him oh he's got his pr- prisoners all around you know all that stuff yeah. it's like okay so like we don't know much about him but what we do know about him is that 
he's some sort of badass. Like, if he's the badass above the badasses, oh, this dude, I was waiting for him to have, like, some sick moment where, like, he's about to kill Ellie, and then, like, Ellie kills him, mm -hmm. thinking something cool is going to happen. And he gets popped, not only by a Seraphite, but a Seraphite with one arm who just took a gun from one of your soldiers and shot you. Yeah, they, they, we already thought was dead. <laughs> what? And then they tore her up right after that. Oh, dude. Yeah, she looked like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Like, just like, <laughs> just the arms open, just... Yeah, just like, yeah. Oh. Like, obviously she's going to die from that. That, I get, I get that, you know, whatever. You killed her because she killed y'all's leader. But he's supposed to be a badass, and literally he's in the middle of, like, his super villain speech. Yes. And he just takes one shot, boom, dead. Yep. There's no, there's no time to even look down and see if he's actually dead. It's just, hey, Isaac died. We're moving on. Mm -hmm. What? That's, what, 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 what are we, what are we doing here? What's, what's the premise? Exactly. What's, because what's, <laughs> when you're seeing that, it's you're like, okay, this is a side step. This isn't gonna take too long. And then it does, and then you're expecting the build-up to come because you've spent so many hours playing it, and then it, they just take it away because it's like, oh, that's just a side shit. You can't do that because yes. it's you what? lose all of the momentum and the tension that you built up when you just do it for the shock factor. You know, like you said, there wasn't a lot of meaning behind a lot of the, of the death. It's really just like gaming blue balls. Like, you get to that point, you're like, yes, this is about to happen, I know what's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen, a lot of times we get disappointed when what we want to happen doesn't happen, Right. but when it's this, you know, the leader of the badass crew gets killed by a one-armed Seraphite, and then Jesse just gets popped, and Tommy gets popped for no reason, and then Dina's let go, and it's just, there's so much that you're just sitting there going like... All right, I'm not a I'm not a screenwriter, but I can do better than this. Like, yeah, we we could work around some of this stuff, and that's why so many people are like, can we get a can we get an alternate ending? Can we get just an alternate game as a yeah, whole? Yeah, honestly. And I'm just like, bro, it's tough. I've never seen a game get that, but it's one of those things where it's like, the first game was so, like literally one of the greatest games ever. Absolutely. Like ratings wise, sales wise, and just personal opinion. Last of Us One, one of the greatest games all around that's ever been created, and then you have all this hype going for number two, and you're just like, I'm empty. Why did I play? I spent 20 hours doing this for nothing. Yeah. I spent 20 hours to hate myself at the end of this. Like, I hate Abby, I hate Ellie, I hate everybody in this game, and now I hate myself for wasting 20 hours of my life on this. Dude, only took you 20 hours? Dude, okay. Well, how long? How long? You that's think that's, that's that's the roundabout. That's like okay. that's like everybody's like I played twenty hours on this game. It's it for most people it's twenty hours or above. Yeah. I don't think anybody finished that under twenty hours. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure it took me like thirty five plus hours to finish the game. Because I read all the like I liked in the first one. He got to see like like you go through a certain section and you got to see what happened to the people that happened in that section. Yeah, I like the subplots. I like <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, like, whenever you go through the college and uh, Ellie has to wait outside and you go through and you see, like, oh, you know, there were some people who were still living here whenever the outbreak happened. You kind of see how they lived, whatever, and then what happens to them at the end. But then at the end, dude, by about halfway through the second one, I was just like, I'm just going to grab the notes just in case I get the trophy that says I grabbed everything. Like, I'm not even going to read it. I just, and I would just, I would just blow through it. Yeah. Even the subplot with the, um, oh, I'm trying to think what room they were in. I think it was around the same time they found 
once again, don't know her name. It was a side character from the crew that was, um, that killed Joel. It was the first... Was it the radio tower? Yeah, it was the radio tower. I don't remember her name. Yeah. But it was in, I think it was in that building, that section. It was right before, right after they found that girl and the pictures of everybody in the crew. Right. Um, the little subplot with the couple, uh, kind of like Romeo and Juliet style, yeah. where like, you know, she's about to die, so like he has to like put her down and like he kills himself because, yeah. you know, whatever. And even that, I was just like, Dude, this is so dark. Like, this is just—it was very dark. I was like, "This man. is just a morbid game, dude." Like, you're literally looking at like two dead bodies, and you're just like, "Did we just add Romeo and Juliet to this game? Like, what are, what are we doing here?" There and was like no happy <laughs> ending. I actually had that written down, and I skipped over it. But you're completely right, dude. It was so dark, and there was like, there was like no, like, happiness thing at the. I feel like at the least of the, at the end of the first one, like I know he killed everybody, and there was no hope for the human race. But I felt like maybe there was some hope for them. I mean, they were going to Jackson. It was like things, quote-unquote, could turn around. But, I mean... Tell me you didn't lie to me. Tell me everything you said about dude, the fireflies and the truth. So good. And you're And you're sitting there and you're like, Joel, what are you going to say? Don't lie to her. Don't lie to her. Actually, no. Lie to her. You can't break yeah. her heart. Lie to her, Joel. And he's like, oh, man, you know, it just uh, it didn't work out. And you're sitting there and then like cuts to black and you're like, oh, my God. Dude, that was so good. When's Last of Us 2 coming out? And yeah. then at the end of this game, even if you get the happy ending quote unquote with Abby dying you still don't you still wouldn't feel like, I would not want to go back to it <laughs> it's like what is Last of Us 3 going to be now like what, what what are we doing here and exactly. the, the fake happy ending with the <clears throat> life on the farm with Dina happened and you know we saw all that went but even then it's like it, that wouldn't even be a happy ending that'd be a that'd be like a subpar like neutral it's just like exactly you know, it's yeah. just really bittersweet like you know we didn't kill Abby but she gets to live her life happy. And, you know, I thought that's where they were going to finish it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no. Nope, it was not. I did like the whole California. I liked that. I thought that was, like... I, like, I played a lot of, like, Naughty Dog games like that, so I could tell. I was like, okay, this is the last room. Like, I just knew, like, this was the last room. And I really liked that level whenever you play as Ellie and you go through and you just, you just you know, you get through all those the rattle rattlers. There's always a group... <laughs> They've always got a name. They're spray painting their shit all over the place, vandalizing stuff. Like, it, but I really, I really liked that because that reminded me of like the fight through the fireflies at the very end of the last one. Like, I felt like it was actually tense, and it was act- and like we had just met these people, and we could always tell they were assholes. They were either had all the zombies, whatever. And I think it was very humbling on Abby's part that she was strung up and that because it almost seems like whenever we first see her, she's like you know she's a smaller girl. And then she bulks up and everything, but even though she has all this physical prowess or whatever, it still doesn't fill that hole in her heart that she's missing from her dad. Yeah. And then she tries to get it through the vengeance, and then she loses all of her friends. And, like, it's almost like you see certain sequences, like, even she's not satisfied with what happened at the end because it was, like, it was just a, it was a brief, it was a short-term effect of happiness, but it caused everyone that she loved to kind of turn away from her. Especially Owen, yeah. who she really loved. So, I, don't know, I think that was that was very cool for them to look at and kind of show that, like, just because you go out and get vengeance doesn't mean that you're. What are you going to sacrifice? You know, it's like Thanos' this whole thing whenever he sees Gamora. <laughs> what did it cost? <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that uh, that goes back to the character arc point with Abby, as well as the the point about the similarities between like Joel and Abby. 
is you see Abby, who was originally the super soldier, only cared about killing Seraphites and then eventually one day killing Joel, to where a lot of people just think, think like, oh, well, look, she's so weak now. Like, this is a different side of her. To me, I looked at it, like, immediately noticed the second she's tied down by Ellie, she doesn't drop to the ground, like, catch her breath and, like, you know, try to look around or anything or, like, be ready to fight Ellie. She drops, doesn't even pay Ellie any mind, and sprints. Right, with her straight weak, to left. Straight to live. So it's like, now she's Joel. Exactly, to, yes. To, to, you know, yeah. live. And, and I thought, redeeming qualities. Tiny little redeeming <laughs> qualities in the storytelling. It was like, I thought that was a good spot if they were going to end it like that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, blue ball you like that, I was okay with that ending. Because I was like, alright, this actually showed some sort of context, like, hey, she's completely transformed as a person, now she's, you know, going to take care of Liv, because that's all she has left in her life. Mm-hmm. And the way she immediately went after him, I was like, alright, compassion. Abby's completely different now, we're good to go. Ellie sees that, Ellie now understands, like, now she's on the flip side of, like, where, uh, Abby was with um, with Dina, where it's like, okay, now she has a kid. Like, right. I'm gonna let her live her life. I I got this out of my system. I came here. I did what I wanted. But then the flashback, and you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, she was gonna let her go. And it's like, all right, well, if you're gonna kill her, kill her. And yeah. then she doesn't kill her, and you're just like, oh man, what are we doing? What are we doing? And dude, at that point, that that both of I think that both of the fights, gameplay wise, were very cool. I liked them. But it was, for in the first one, it was like, you, I don't want to kill Ellie. And I'm like, I'm sitting here like beating her ass. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this. Like, this is, this makes me feel uncomfortable. But then the one with Ellie and Abby, it's kind of like when your friend does something and they're going too far and you're like, whoa, chill out. Like, what are you doing? Hey, let's, let's cut that out. And then like, she just like keeps cutting her and stuff. And I was like, this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, why, why am I, why am I still doing this? Like, I don't, I don't like this. Like, and at, at the end of Uncharted 4, when you fight Rafe and it's the sword fight, I thought that was so badass. It was so cool. And, like, sure, you cut him a few times, but it was just like, it was like neither of them really wanted to do it, but she was still going after it, and that's what made it uncomfortable. They're both so weak. Exactly. She's, she's beat up, shot at, bit by, you know, a clicker. You know, life is tough for her. And then you got Abby, who's been strung up for we don't even know how long. Yeah. Uh, with the Rattlers and dealing with their torture and you're just like neither one of these characters has the energy to fight Abby literally says I don't want to fight you exactly yeah. and it wasn't even like a like a Bruce Lee or like you know Jackie Chan way where it's like hey I don't want to do this but you right. know, I will kick your ass if I have to it was just her saying like seriously like just let's let's just go our separate exactly. ways exactly it's over she was past it she had moved she had yeah. moved past that that vengeance and that hate because she'd seen what all it had done yeah. but Ellie still couldn't get through it which is what hurts me about Ellie because honestly I think the first the first little bit of Ellie like the first day or two after Joel died like she the was, first days in Seattle no 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 like the first day or, I mean technically yeah two days into it she was already in like Seattle but like the, the day after Joel dies she's like Morning, right. but it was just like her, just like being quiet and like exactly. you know, super subtle about the way she was carrying her conversations, and then within the first like two days, not even maybe like the first day of Seattle, you see this completely different Ellie where it's like you're not even going after revenge, like you're just bloodthirsty at this point, right? Like 
it's one thing to go after revenge and just kill everybody in your path, but it's another thing to like go out of your way to like kill these people because the way they set up the crew, um, Abby's crew was like they were all like little small bosses. Right. And it felt like you know coincidentally Naughty Dog, it felt like I was playing a Crash Bandicoot game where it was like the same the same level over and over, right. and you just finish each like three levels with a new boss, and the boss is the same fight every single time. The only difference is you have a different cutscene this time, mm. and you know the only one that was kind of different was Nora, where you get right. an actual like torture in it. Other than that, it's just hey, oh stab this guy, oh hey look held this guy at gunpoint, and then you know whatever. But I mean, I, I felt like towards towards like day three or four in Seattle, and then especially whenever she had her PTSD little flashback and had to go to Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. I was just like. Is this is this revenge? Like, is that really what you want here, right. or are you just like really just like need to kill somebody to fill this void yeah. from Joel? Because it's like you had everything. Exactly. You had everything. And I it, think I think that's where it comes from is from trying to fill that void because Joel had been like even whenever even before she met Joel, like she didn't have any really structure. The only structure she had was that girl who in the DLC, and I'm pretty sure she got bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she got bit, she died. So that was like the only thing that she really had. And so she finally finds somebody and then she feels betrayed because of what Joel did by saving her. But it was like, it was out of love and like that's so powerful that that's why he did that. But now that she's lost Joel, like that was the only stable thing truly in her life. Like Jackson, that was stable, sure, but like Joel was the center of everything. And without that, she just had, she was just lost. And I think that was her trying to find her way caused spilt a lot of blood doing it but that was her trying to find out what and she until she actually got to almost to that point where she actually killed Abby she didn't realize like like I did I did have everything like I lost Joel and that was pretty big heavy and, and but I mean after that like she had a life that she would have wanted and that that's why she went back afterwards like she still wanted to have that life afterwards mm-hmm. I thought that was so cold though whenever she's like <laughs> Dina says, well, I won't be here. And she's like, that's the decision you'll have to make. I was like, damn. I know what I have to do. I just don't have the strength to do it. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, dude, don't walk out the door. Don't walk out the door. And to me, I'm like, dude, if I'm looking at Dina every day and I've got, I've got that house, I've got, you know, little house on the prairie here. Oh, dude, I'm living life. Mm-hmm. But to walk away from that hurt and then whenever she comes back and the house is just empty I said oh man that's that's tough everything empty except for her house except for that room that she had with the guitar and all of her all of her paintings and stuff yep. that, that hurt yep and you know of course they try to tie the guitar into you know everything from before and we already talked about how like the fingers she couldn't play the guitar anymore so she lost that connection to Joel yeah but it was just like she puts the guitar down because now she knows, like, I can't do this. This is the last thing I have connecting me to Joel. I have to move on. And she just walks out. And you yeah. see her just walk out into an empty field. And you're just like, so are we getting The Last of Us 3? Are we uh, yeah. are, are we just going to, like, gloss over what's about to happen? Like, I don't know where they're going to go next. If they even go next. Yeah. But. I feel like if they would, they'd have to introduce, like, something new. Like, not something from the past or whatever. But I, did, I really liked, like... I never thought about it, but the true like villain of the first Last of Us, the Last of Us was was David and the cannibals. 
And dude, that was oh, see, that was crazy, man. That was so crazy. And but just like those, like whenever he's chasing you in the uh, in the in the the, 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 the restaurant, he had a little restaurant. Like, dude, those tense moments. I feel like the Last of Us Part Two really lacked because yeah. it was like most of the stuff that had happened. It was tense the first time. We've already seen this. But that's like whenever you had the scene with uh, dude, that big thing that Abby finds in the hospital. That was cool. I like that because it was it was like a new a new type of thing that you were fighting that was like actually scary. The what were the, the little quiet things that would like kind of run around the mm-hmm. they, not not the shamblers but the whatever they were like they would just kind of walk around like those weren't really scary because like you could you could see them like hiding or like running around or spazzing out or whatever. But like that thing in the hospital that was that was actually I felt genuinely scared fighting it. I think that and the sniper scene were the only two scenes yeah. where there was like legitimate tension mm-hmm. and like me the gamer felt like my palms getting sweaty mm-hmm. in that situation I'm just like dude holy crap like I'm about to die I'm about to die like I actually feel like I was going to die and I was in that situation which is something I did not feel outside of those two moments since the first game with David which to me that that's I think that's what took me over the edge with the first Last of Us is that that little like two hour little brief stint as short as that was that to me was probably like the most powerful part of the whole game. You're talking about the Last of Us Part Two, Part One. Okay. With, with, oh, with David. With, okay, with, yeah. the, with the cannibals because it was so brief because you don't have this build up with David. It's not like you're building up to this villain. Mm-hmm. It's just you meet him. Seems like a nice guy. You don't really want to trust him. Next yeah. thing you know, you're like, oh, crap, these people are cannibals. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then you have this chase, but the way they set it up, which is what they didn't do in the second one, the way they tell the story of him like legitimately going crazy, like, you're mm-hmm. killing my people, you know, I just want to eat you, like, yeah. and, like, chases around, and that whole sequence is super scary, super crazy, and then Ellie just going berserk, which is basically her the whole second game. But right. that first game, she's quiet little Ellie that makes sarcastic little smart-ass remarks. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, she's just taking a shade of this dude's forehead. Just yeah. Wow, wow. She lost her innocence, and that was that was hard to see. And that was hard. Whenever, like, Joel holds her, yeah, dude, I'm getting chills right now. Like, that dude, was, it was like, damn, like, she she lost her innocence because of the, the world that they have to live in. And like, it's a painful thing to do. Like, that was the first time any video game has ever made me feel like I was, like, watching a legitimate movie. Yes, and it was like... Yes. I'm sitting there, like, leaning back in my chair, like, dude, holy crap. Like, she's literally, like, like freaking out. Like, she is spazzing on the mm-hmm. inside because of what she just went through. And in The Last of Us 2, like I said, it's just, like, the whole game. It's, like, the whole game is just her. Like, right. that machete to the forehead is just her the whole game. It's numbing after it, a while. Yeah, it's literally every single person she encounters, all right, hey, machete, forehead, Hey, big guy, oh, dodge one punch, oh, dodge two punch, oh, machete to the forehead. And it's like, yeah, all right, well, what are we, what are we doing here? Because it was like, it, it reminded me, the stealth, honestly, was a really good, I thought that was a good gameplay mechanic. The stealth in the game um, reminded me of Assassin's Creed because mm-hmm. the crouching, the, you know, laying in bushes and stuff, the way you can use, like, equal vision, basically, and, like, see through yeah. walls and know where enemies are. I thought all that was great. I liked that. But... It, there was never an end or a point to it. It was just, I'm going to sneak around, kill 20 guys, I'm going to meet one of the members in the crew, 
kill them. I'm exactly. gonna find somewhere else to head. Oh, where's next on the map? Okay, I'm going to the hospital. Oh, I'm going to the aquarium. And it's like you go through each person that way where, like I said, Crash Bandicoot level is really just the same thing over and over with like a different boss at the end. Right. And it's like, alright, this is so repetitive. So when you do get to the end, even if you do get your happy ending, you're just like, alright, I just played 20 plus hours of this game. Exactly. And only about 30 minutes of it I actually enjoyed. This is something different. Yeah. Yeah. There's some games it's like the the gameplay is boring but you play it for the story. And then the story is just so satisfying that you didn't even care how the gameplay was. I'm trying to think. I, f- I found that with like some Far Cry games. You ever play Far yeah, Cry? Yeah, I played the third one. Dude, okay, for, for the third one all the way through was, <laughs> the third just, one was, a was so good. <laughs> and then they had their, their DLC for Far Cry 3. It was Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. And that was, that's my favorite video game of all time. <laughs> And it's just, it's total, it's the whole, same Far Cry 3 shit, except it's all, like, 80s themed. And it's, like, got a, got a famous guy, Michael Bean from, like, a bunch of famous uh, 80s movies, like Terminator and Aliens. And he's, like, plays your stereotypical, like, 80s guy. They even have, like, a training montage that's, like, Rocky Four by, like, him and the other guy. The other guy's Russian, of course. They're, like, doing their training. He has a scene at the very beginning when he's, like, when he's gearing up and it looks like Rambo 3 when he's like putting the knife in and like all kind of shit dude and it was like I was like let's go baby like there was there was there was plot but it was so stupid and so just ridiculous but it was just like your typical 80s like action movie like you're there to be entertained and I loved every second of it love it absolutely love it let's see Uh, the the only the only other point I had about the story was the uh, Ellie learning how to swim finally. I thought that was a good oh. a good thing to add into the story, just because honestly the first game that was the only thing about the first game that I didn't like is every single time there was water around it was like all right, let me go over here, let me go get a box, let me go make sure yeah. you can get across, let me make sure that you're not going to fall in the water, because if you fall in the water, you're going to die, because you can't swim, your little girl doesn't know how to swim, I don't exactly. know what's wrong with you, kid. And so the learning how to swim thing, I thought was a funny element, and I feel like, dude, I'm telling you, I, I'm not a screenwriter, but I wish, I wish the concept I have in my head of the two stories meeting up, but starting with Abby, if we would have had Abby build up her story and then flash back to Ellie and you know finds out you know what Joel did and then like, a couple of years later they're finally starting to forgive each mm-hmm. other starting to forgive him and then you see the like the zoo scene and yeah like, like an alternating like the whole way through like you do dude. Ellie's day one and Abby's day one Ellie's day one because then like you're building the story both and then both stories come to a head at the same time yes instead of going back for six hours and then yeah I definitely definitely agree because I don't want to jump the gun on, uh, you know, our least favorite and favorite part of the game, but by far my favorite scene of the entire game was the zoo sequence, because it was the only time in the entire game where I felt at peace and like happy, yeah. and reminded me of what I loved in the first game, which was them building this bond, this mm-hmm. father daughter bond, as opposed to the revenge tour twenty twenty that we got right. throughout the whole game. Did the giraffe scene in the first one? loved it man like you said it was like peaceful that's, that's iconic like yeah. it, it, it to to the casual gamer the giraffe scene the first game meant nothing it was just 
all right, well, we made it out alive, you know, this is our happy ending. Oh, look, a giraffe. That's kind of cool. I guess it got out of the zoo. Yeah. But, like, to someone who was, like, invested in those characters, and, like, first of all, Naughty Dog does an amazing job with every game with the set pieces. Of oh, absolutely. And you're just like, you're like, dude, look at this beautiful green city, and this giraffe comes up, and you pet the giraffe, and you're just like, wow, like, this is our life now. There's this, some beauty in it. Yeah, like, this is the post-apocalyptic life that we have to live now. Like, we're on our way, and there's more beautiful creatures other than just us on this mm-hmm. earth that have to live this life now. And the whole uh, zoo slash planetarium slash, I don't know, I, we need one of those here because I've never yeah. seen a place that has all in one like that. Yeah. Because they went from dinosaurs to, like, a zoo to, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Planetarium. Okay. Oh, Planetarium, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just good because it was like, you get that father-daughter feel, you have, um, you have, like, kind of a callback to, like, the first game where she just, like, makes subtle hints about, you know, Joel says something in the first game along the lines of, uh, you know, what did you want her to be uh, when you grew up before all this broke out? And she's yeah. like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. So, like, having the astronaut scene was like really cool and shows how much he loved her if as right. if we didn't know already from him killing a thousand yeah. people but we we see how much he cares and you see ellie just like look over at joel and just like see her appreciating his appreciation of her where it's like they really do have like this bond that's so tight so bringing that like happiness up to the modern day where you get the little bar or party scene or whatever with yeah. Dina and Ellie and you see them fight it makes that fight even more compelling because right whenever you start the game it's literally just hey Tommy I did this thing and the next thing you know it's her waking up the next morning and she's like oh hey what happened last night it was crazy blah 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 and whenever you get that flashback at the end of the game it's like that's what you wanted to see you didn't just want the storytelling you know you didn't want a podcast version of it you like you wanted to see what was going on in that moment Mm -hmm. but because you get it at the end of the game when you're trying to in your head you're focused on killing Abby and you're focused on finishing the game but you get at the end of the game you're just like exactly it throws off the pacing like if they had put that at the beginning like you're saying to build up the story you'd have more emotion towards it at the end and it's like they're trying to put it there so that you understand like how much her and Dina love each other and like also to you know just bust your balls about hey by the way Joel's dead like if you, if you forgot like hey Joel's dead and it's just like dude if they had that at the like that full scene at the beginning or we do my concept and you have that after the zoo sequence because that was a flashback so if you keep it in order and then have that it's like they got over the initial like heartache breakup whatever of finding out what happened then they go to the zoo they're nice, happy. They're, you know, building themselves back up together to, you know, regain that bond. And then it's kind of not thrown away, but it's kind of tarnished with the dance hall scene. And then that makes, once again, more compelling whenever she goes off to do whatever with Dina and Joel goes off to his thing. Right. And the next time she sees him is right there getting killed, which that's what they wanted to do is like oh you know they got in a fight the next time we see each other they die you know you never know the last time you ever talked to somebody yeah but it's like if you get that happy moment right before the breakup then it's like man like this breakup sucks dude like dude mm-hmm. go tell them how you feel like exactly. let, let them know you love them like come yeah. on y'all, y'all are better than this and then you see Joel die and you're like 
oh, they didn't even get to tell each other how much they loved each other. Like, oh, dude, holy crap. But the way they did it with the little cutscene of her and uh, Joel, or Joel drinking coffee outside on the porch at the end, it was like, that was their way of, like, helping us. Like, like, hey, by the way, they did make up before he died. Like, don't feel badly. Yeah. Everything's okay. I'm sitting there going, like, give me this at the beginning of the game. Exactly. G- give me this, you know, an hour into the game, not 25 hours into the game when I just cannot, I'm just so numb to the entire experience at this point. Right. And I don't care about this. It's like, oh, here's a callback to Joel Love and Coffee. Great. We already had three of those while, you know, running around playing this game. And then, oh, they they made up? Great. All right, cool. Joel's still dead. I don't care. Exactly, I, yeah. I don't, I don't care anymore. Because yeah. it's like, it's not that it wasn't, like, the, I do think the scene was very beneficial and, um, and necessary. Obviously, that scene and what they talk about, how she forgives him, like, that was absolutely necessary. But the emotional impact of it is completely taken away and tarnished, like you said, because of where it's placed yeah. and where it's not placed. So I think that a lot of it, and... Yeah, I think that definitely a lot of it's like the placement of scenes and then the pacing of how fast it goes definitely is what stopped this game from being as great as the first one was. Because the potential's there. And the story and everything, you know, the gameplay is pretty cool. I will say there are a few things. This would be a nice little segue into the gameplay. So things about the gameplay I didn't like. I'm glad you brought up the Ellie swimming part because this was a big problem I had with this game was that the AI the people who are your partners sucked they were god awful and like Ellie in the first one I'm pretty sure she'd give you ammo like when you needed it and like she would help you out she would actually shoot at people and help you and the only AI that didn't suck was Lev whenever you're fighting through the scene at the end he shot someone and I was like really? let's go I was like let's go he actually helped me out let's do this I was so pumped but I feel like everyone else was just awful at their job, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, and then the gameplay. Just being repetitive, little on your edge. You see uh, action except from the hospital towards till the end of the game, I felt like. like. But, I mean, we pretty much hit all of that on the gameplay stuff, so. Yeah. The, uh, I did like, I'll give them credit, I did like the fact that I didn't have to you know, loot my ass off just to get a shiv that's going to last me like three hits this yeah. game. I did like that it was like kind of an unlimited shiv and you could pick up weapons that had like, you know, five or six hits to them, mm-hmm. whatever. I like that. The hand-to-hand combat also reminded me of Assassin's Creed whenever you're fighting like a bigger opponent in Assassin's yeah. Creed. Like a lot of times you're just able to go bang, 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 person's dead, but when you have to fight like a big old brute guy, mm-hmm. you have to know when to dodge, when to parry, when, you know. Yeah, I did I did like that, because that added more of a, more of a, uh, like, tension to it. Yeah. And also, it the camera simple. work in it. Yeah. It was like, you know, whenever you see people like hit the woe or something like that, like the way like the camera shakes as the beat drops. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what they would do is like, you know, as you dodge, the camera like tilts to the side. Yeah. And then they hit them and then all of a sudden you're falling back with the character that's like just in the middle of a swing. And it's like, all right, that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah. But did it make it for the story? Mm. No. Absolutely mm. not. <laughs> Tough. Absolutely not. Tough. <laughs> Absolutely. So, overview, uh, last part of it. I uh, thought it was a big difference between one and two, uh, and the fact that Joel fought for something to save somebody, and he succeeded. 
But then with Abby and Ellie, they fight to revenge something, something that they can't, like once they fought, like that's it. The only thing that they can do is the fighting part of it. There's no real resolution at the end. It's just to help their feelings. Like in Joel, in Joel, don't get me wrong, like it was it was kind of selfish to Joel about the reason why he did it in the first place, you know? And I thought that was really impactful about what Ellie said about like, like my life is going to have meaning. And I think yeah. that that's one of the reasons why she, why she kills all these people. She's trying to find some meaning in her life. And the only meaning she possibly has is with Joel. And so she's trying to find that meaning. But then Joel comes back and says, like, if, I, if the good Lord would let me, if he put me back in that situation, I'd do it all over again. Yeah. And I think that that's when she actually realizes, like, wow, this guy truly loves me more than I thought. And I I am his meaning. Yeah. So I think that that was really cool, uh, but I did think that some parts of the stories were pretty cool. Uh, too long to complete and get to it. Uh, final arc and conclusion. Uh, it's very depressing. Very little redeeming qualities. The story and characters. Gameplay was nothing new. Pretty bland. So like I said, about the last six hours. Not enough heart stopping moments or action. Uh, just. Something that, like, in the character development, like like you said, those little scenes. Like, those little scenes are what made up the, the whole game in the first one. Yeah. Like, they, like the, the Ellie's bomb. comments. I just remember all her comments. Like, in between cutscenes where, like, uh, they leave, what was his name, Bill? I think Bill was the yeah, guy Bill. Like, the, town, the town to himself. Like, they leave Bill's house and they've got the little magazine. Exactly, yeah. And she makes a little comment about, why are these pages sticking together? And it's like, oh, I'm just busting your balls. Like, it's like, all right, she's a smart ass. I'm like, you're in the middle of a fight in the first game. And she'll be like, hey, Joel, they're kicking our ass. And it's like, yeah. wait, we're supposed to, you're a little girl. Like, we're supposed to be, like, serious, like, in a hand-to-hand combat exactly. right now. And you're, like, making jokes. And in this one, it's just like, hey, everything you love about the first one, forget it. <laughs> Forget it. We're about to take it. We're about to shut off all the lights. Is this gonna get real dark in here? <laughs> They're gonna be like, "You like Joel? He's, he's gone. You like Tommy? You won't see him. He's gone." You thought Ellie was funny? <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Ellie's actually just a crazy woman now. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the second you meet Dina, you're like, "All right, Dina. Dina's a smartass. I like her. She's exactly. gonna, she's gonna be comic relief." And then it's like, "Oh, you liked her? Okay, here, watch it. Have you beat the crap out of her on the ground?" You're like, yeah. "Like, oh my god." It's like it's all so bad. It's it was like, so bad. and I find this a lot with with different things. People try to be too dark with things now. Like you take, they're doing that with a lot of different shows, like like Riverdale. Yeah, like, it's just like I'm taking it completely. Like, oh, we want to make it more like what these times like, and it's just super dark. But it's also like, like, oh my goodness, my dad's in the mafia, but I have to run for homecoming king tomorrow. Like, it's just that whole that whole balance between like trying to be a high school show and then like a serious stuff like I think it's just very weird but this is this one example of like they just try to be so dark with everything and it's like yeah like people do like dark stuff but at some point like it's gotta lighten up like you have to have some type of like real relief in there that make it bearable and that's like you mentioned like how Ellie throws out all those funny smart ass remarks like that without that that game would have been super dark yeah, and it needs that balance because that, I think that's how life is. Like that's why I mean you know, I'm a, a funny man. Some people say so. I, I dude, if something serious is going on, I throw out a joke. I can't help it. It's because I don't like it being so dark or whatever. Yeah. It's so cynical. Like there's, I think there's optimism. I like to be optimistic. You know, there's so even if no matter how dark or how dreary something's looking, like 
hey man, you know, we can work out of this. Yeah. <laughs> like regardless if you're actually like helping somebody else get over it, mm-hmm. like it can be a coping mechanism for yourself. Exactly. Like you have to like you just have to like get it out of your system. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love the Riverdale point. I love that because like me and my roommates have watched Riverdale. Uh-huh. I did not watch the most recent season because I just I, I couldn't do it anymore. Like season one, I'm like, dude, this is this is a badass little show, you know, mm-hmm. high schooler, you know, teeny bop, you know, whatever show. It's okay. I like it. It's like 13 Reasons Why, but less dark. I like it. It's cool. Season two, they're like, oh, hey, by the way, there's going to be some murders. There's yeah. Gonna, you know, Archie's going to go from being, you know, a normal football player on the high school team to all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a vigilante too. It's like, yeah, all right, these aren't these aren't normal high school problems. Like, normally in a high school show like that, your biggest problem is that you're like, okay, this dude doesn't look like he's in high school. Uh-huh. This <laughs> show, it's like, what high schooler is going to go out on, like, a... Ellie style murdering like rampage trying to like find out who killed his dad and then like season three we start getting to like witchcraft type stuff and all of a sudden I'm just like going what what, what what's what's the basis here I thought this yeah. was like high school is like I read Archie comics grandma loved buying me those Archie comics <laughs> so I read those I knew off the first episode it wasn't gonna be you know super uh, like 1950s, you know, right. super basic. I knew it was going to be a little bit darker, but I liked that. I was like, you're taking this cool little teen segment and just turn it into something more modern, more, you know, heavy. And then they just went completely overboard with it. And it's like Last of Us 2. It's like you have everything. You have all the ingredients from the first. You literally don't have to change a thing. You know, maybe a minor little tweak, let Ellie grow up some a little right. bit regardless if Joel lives or dies you finish his character arc the right way and it's just it, it's not there yeah. it's, it's simply just hey you know we're not going to take anything we did right in the first game and bring it to this game it's just this is a completely separate entity and everything you loved gone yeah there was almost like no happiness coming from Ellie at all like no like no jokes no nothing like she was just I didn't even think about that really till you brought that up but just so serious and so and, like, I get why, but, I mean, you expect maybe a joke or two here, you know, but it's like she has no way of coping with it at all. Yeah. Even before Joel dies, like, she's, the most you see her kind of joke around is with Jessie when she's first waking up, mm-hmm. and she just makes some joke about, like, you know, um, what'd she say? She said something about, uh, can you give me some privacy or something like that, and, like, a smart-ass, like, yeah. tone to her voice and you're like okay there's Ellie that's the Ellie I know and then five seconds later she's just like yeah so we got drunk last night you know she just had too much to drink and that's why she kissed me there's nothing going on I hope everything's okay and the rest of the game she's she doesn't make a single joke like it's just this somber vibe she just gives up the whole time and you're just yeah. like I know why you're being like this but you are nothing like the Ellie that I remember Right. I get people grow up but you are who you are on the yeah. inside. Like, you know, I'm sure just like just like you, I was a class clown at one point. Yeah. It, I'm still that class clown on the inside, but, like, it's just toned down because, you know, I'm adult. Like, you, you yeah. grow up, you, you, you know, you see it, but I'm not going to give up who I am regardless of, like, what I've been through. Because, I mean, everybody's been through crap. So it's like, you still, you're still you on the inside, mm-hmm. and Ellie in the game isn't Ellie anymore. Like, she's completely different. Yeah. She's more Abby than she is Ellie yeah. in this game. And then Abby turns into Joel, and it's just like, 
there's all these strings just tangled up and none of them connect at all. Yeah, I, I hate when they do that in games. They completely change the character. Like, uh, I don't know, do you ever play the Wolfenstein games? Mm-hmm. I know they, what they are, yeah. Yeah, their first, there was like one, it was like Wolfenstein 3D came out on PlayStation 3. One of my favorite games of all time. Just like kicking Nazi ass and just taking names. Like, like you're not like, I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Like, you're just going ham on it, okay? Then Wolfenstein PlayStation 4 came out. Very badass game, right? But then Wolfenstein 2 came out, and it was like they completely rewrote the character. Because in the first one, he has like, like it'll open up the levels on like a blank screen, and he's talking, and he's reminiscing about how life used to be. And he's like, he's like you know, I can see it now. Like, mom's, mom just baked an apple pie. Like, dad's, you know, over here. And, you know, it's, it's a good day. And then you get thrown into, like, the war-torn, whatever's going on. But then in the second one, it's like... So in, like, both of those two games, in the PlayStation 4, he's... It's like Germany won World War II. And so now you're having to fight, like, the Germans after that. So pretty cool concept. But it's like... And the second one, it's like his dad... They, like, completely rewrite the story, and you have these flashbacks about how, like, his dad married his mom, because his mom was Jewish, for the money. And then, like, completely hates her. And it's like, this is not what was going on in the first one. Like, I don't, I don't get why you're, why you're changing it all up, you know? So, I don't know. I just, I hate whenever they, they, like, completely rewrite a character, you know, just moving on over. And like you said, even before that happens to Joel, like, she's still just, like, just, like, so anti what she, what she used to be. Like, no, no jokes at all. Like, I could get, I think maybe it would have been cool if, like, maybe, like, later on, like, as she's learning to you know, forgive or do whatever, like, she starts making jokes. And she starts, you know, you kind of see that old side of her coming back because she's learning to forgive, and it just never happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I respect that. I respect that, though. Now I kind of want to play that game, specifically because I want to see the concept behind Germany winning World War II. Dude, I'm telling you, man, that, that it starts off like you... Uh, in the first, it's like 1946, and the world, this, the war still hasn't stopped, and so you end up like, like you're fighting this place where like something happens, and you end up like, you end up like getting caught in an explosion, and like some metal like scrapes your head or whatever, and we end up going into like a, a coma, but then like you wake up in the coma because people that are taking care of you, like the Nazis are in there, and you just go fucking ham on it. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It is a bad... It's one of those games where, like, you just cause so much mayhem and stuff that it's just so fun and entertaining to play. And then the second one, I was like, it was still fun and entertaining to do all the stuff, but the story was just like, what? The whole time. Like, because, like, the rewriting the character and all that. And, I don't know, it just threw me off. So I never even finished it, but... Yeah, there's a fine line when it comes to sequels. A lot of sequels don't live up to the original hype, which, you know, that's fair. Games, movies, TV shows, everything. But there is a fine line as, you know, trying to be optimistic towards these writers where you have to show character growth and Mm -hmm. show that they're not the same person they were while still, like, keeping the elements that made them them. Exactly. And you don't want... You don't want to deviate too far away from it, like Last of Us 2 did, but at the same time, if they're the exact same character they were in the first game, which a lot of games do, and a lot of movies do, where it's like, this is what you loved, we're going to make sure that this is the same right. character. Right, they play too safe, they don't take any like creative yeah. you know, risks with it, and they should. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of movies specifically, 
whenever they come out with like sequels and stuff or new seasons to a TV show, mm-hmm. it's always the comic relief character that's exactly the same. And it's like, you know this in comedy, you have to mix it up. You cannot tell Absolutely. the exact same jokes over and over, or even the same brand of jokes over and over, before finally people are just like, nah, you know, I'm kind of over this. Exactly. Like Dane Cook, for example. Dane Cook was on top of the comedy world for like two years, but after two years, people were like, you know... I'm not a fan of you screaming at me for an hour, like, you know, Yeah. Uh, some of your jokes are funny, but like, uh, it's just like, I can't do this, Kevin Hart, like, you know, I love Kevin Hart, but I love Kevin Hart in movies more than I do stand-up now, really? because cause Kevin Hart in stand-up turned into, alright, I'm gonna, you know, rehash, you know, old jokes, uh, you know, like, a certain voice, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Kevin, you're hilarious, I love it, you've done that five times already. The screaming at the top of it. Oh, what are you gonna do? Ah, oh, no, no. And it's like, <laughs> Kevin, that's, I get it, that's you, that's your character. But like, Kevin's old stuff, hilarious. Made him who he is. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it really is a, it, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. And I know people are gonna be hard and they're gonna continue to be hard on the writers and on this game as a whole because of the story. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like we said, it's just, that, the fact that the person you're supposed to hate is actually the person with the best character arc it, it's like you don't that, care that hurts exactly like, yeah I'm supposed to hate this person but at the end of the game as someone who likes the story behind anything mm-hmm. it hurts me that I have to hate this person but I actually kind of like them because I actually see where this character is coming from like this character is more relatable than the character that I grew up and loved mm-hmm. so but I mean, overall, probably if I had to rate it, it's gonna be the next question. If I had to rate it, I'm very nice when it comes to ratings. Okay. As as much as I have crapped on this game, and then like kind of backhanded like said, oh yeah, but it was kind of good in this part. You yeah. know, it sucked, but it was kind of good right here. I want to give it an eight point two five. Okay. Out of ten, I think the real grade for it is like. A seven point seven five. I don't think it's. I don't think honestly. Don't think it's good enough to be an eight. But like, I'm so nice and like, I just. I still like as much as I didn't like a lot of the stuff in the game. I still liked it. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I liked it because it is Joel. It is Ellie. It is exactly. Tommy. I really liked Dina mm-hmm. as a character. Jesse, I did really like. Of course. Of course, my dog didn't like him enough to keep him around, but I liked him. Uh, Owen I thought was really good yeah I did like Owen um, Nora I felt was honestly I liked I liked Nora I like how badass she was as a female character mm-hmm. but I felt like she was literally the chick from the first Fireflies uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't remember her name Nadine but, Nadine. Yeah. but it was literally I, I, not even like visually but like I felt like they were the same character they both wore a little cut off exactly you know, yeah. kind of kind of toned arms or whatever you know strong black independent females and it's just kind of like ah, I feel like it's the same character but yeah I mean I I don't think it deserves over an eight but I'm just too nice dude <laughs> I, I, I really can't give it anything under an eight just because I love I love the first one so much that it's just kind of like I'm still in this haze from the yeah. first one where like I can't hate on it because of the first game. And for the potential of a third game, because it is a cliffhanger. So, yeah. if there is a third game, I feel like they're going to play it a lot more safe. 
Yeah. I feel like the third game, whatever the concept is, oh, it's straightforward. It's going to be point A, point B. There's not going to be any roller coaster. There's not going to be any sort of, you know. I feel like the climax is going to be pretty weak. But, I mean, I don't know what you got. Uh, I give it a 7. 7 out of 10. Because I, d- I did like the story. Uh, like I said, there's problems with the pacing. The gameplay was, gameplay was pretty repetitive. Uh, and it's, it's not something that I would replay again. Like I said, you know, I've replayed Absolutely. The Last of Us Part 1 three times, and I'll probably play it a lot more times before I die. But Part 2, one and done. One and done, baby. That's my review. Seven or one and done. So that is, that's my take on The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, yeah. Not worth that 20 hours? <sighs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. So, all right. Well, Jalen, I appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate and, uh, you. Go ahead and tell the tell the, the, the listeners about, because I know you have a podcast, too, so give it a little plug real quick. Yes, sir. So uh, one of my buddies of mine has a, has a little company called The Cheap Seats, a uh, little kind of barstool sports of the South. Uh, but we are on Spotify as well as Anchor and just about anywhere else you can find podcasts under Talk is Cheap as well as under The Cheap Seats. So if y'all go give that a listen, if y'all like sports or kind of like Jacob, if y'all just like, you know, talking life, talking video games, talking entertainment, anything like that, we got you covered. But I definitely appreciate you having me out here, Jacob. Cool deal, man. I'll put those links up in the uh, in the description, and I uh, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Yes, sir.